0: I never was a science guy. I mean, I never got into it. I certainly never studied it. I didn't think about it too much for the first half of my life. I took it for granted. I just naively thought that the scientists were in close communication with the lawmakers, and through that process, the wisest decisions were made for our society and country. As I have grown to accept over the years, this notion is half true at best these days. Lucky for me, there are people like Jen Pirelli who work to make science fun, interesting, and available to a broad audience. Jen is a creator and host of an awesome podcast about fungus called Fungi Town. She was kind enough to let me ask her a bunch of questions. Now I have a better understanding of the vast world of fungi and my close connection to it. Soon you will too. Here's our talk. What sparked your interest in fungi?
1: I've always been interested in nature in general, but when I was an e- ecology undergraduate, I took a couple of mycology classes. Because I so I like plants, I like insects, and fungi have a lot to do with both of those things.
0: Right, so it's okay. a nice
1: overlap. And they're just so diverse. And so some of them are just crazy looking. The,
0: the uh, I think you'll have to probably uh, explain both of those terms to me. The the two mycologist oh, I'm is sorry. The
1: mycology is the study of fungi. Study okay, of and the entomology is the study insects. of insects. Entomology
0: is insects. Okay, yeah. so you started in entomology.
1: I actually started with plants. With plants, and then I went to ecology because uh-huh. I knew I was interested in more than just plants. And more of like the whole system. Uh-huh. And then, as part of that, I, I took some entomology courses. I worked at the museum and in insect collection, and I took a couple of mycology classes.
0: Okay, wait, and in mycology is what now? Mushrooms. Mushrooms. Fungy. Okay, Fungy. okay.
1: So, I was at the point of deciding what I wanted to do my graduate work on, and after my second mycology class, I was like, oh, this is. This is it. This is the oh, thing. Okay. Yeah. It's stuck. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so are you out of school now, I guess? I okay. Mm-hmm. So now you from the from the episodes, I think I've listened to most of them. What you what you've done is you've you've made it it's like a fun way for someone like me who's not well versed in science to have an introduction to to a fungi which I know you'll explain in more depth, but I think of as I was thinking of it as only mushrooms. But you but you also throw in, like, um, scientific names and terms and get some professionals to, <laughs> to uh, elaborate on subjects. So.
1: Yeah, I try to explain anything that's going to be super jargony. Mm-hmm. So, you know, scientists use a lot of jargon, regardless of what field they're in. And unless you're sort of in their world, it's hard to understand what they're talking about yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I try to break down anything that's pretty scientific. In my intros and stuff. And so hopefully it's pretty easy to follow for people who don't really live in that universe.
0: Yeah, you definitely do. You kind of, you set it up. You do the work ahead of time. That's why I was saying you, you put a lot of work into it because you
1: There's set it up. There's a lot of research, and they, yeah. Yeah, I
0: mean, you have to know. You have to use the right words, and you have to explain it well, and then you have to uh, yeah, so wrap it up in between uh, segments. And uh,
1: I'm really interested in science communication as a career, so... Uh-huh. Um, it's a good way for me to practice breaking down some of these heavier topics so that people, like, everybody can appreciate them and not just people who are in that little silo yeah. of research. Yeah,
0: that's actually super important now. nowadays because you, you also uh, got, you make some points about how important it is to preserve our various species Without uh, creating too much panic, but I try
1: not to preach too much. Yeah. Even though there's, those are subjects I feel really strongly about, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to be like, "You have to do this stuff mm-hmm. now, and the world is ending." And you know, yeah. I want it there to be a little upbeat, yeah, positivity.
0: Well, that's the that's that is that's a delicate balance because no one's going to listen to someone ranting but there's a uh i guess there is a there's a level of urgency that should be recognized i think <laughs> i agree <laughs> um did your did your parents what was it like growing up did your parents were they science people or were they well,
1: well my my mom was an architect and my dad was a landscaper mm. and it's weird that i never really i didn't get to studying plants until later in life because mm. my my mom was constantly gardening always growing something, plants in the house everywhere, gardens outside for herbs and flowers. Mm-hmm. And then my dad, you know, his full-time job was landscaping. So he dealt with shrubs and trees and lawns and stuff like that. So I guess maybe subconsciously it just sunk in.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. He was hands-on. so. He was...
1: And we were always hiking and camping and stuff when I was a kid. Too. Oh, that's so fine. we were out outdoors and I grew up in Colorado, so we were in the Rockies. Oh boy. Running around all the time.
0: <laughs> uh, see, yeah, was a, I guess I'm sort of an East, East Coaster and maybe took one trip through, one trip out West, went <laughs> through Colorado, and so I have some images in my mind of <laughs> beautiful hilly fields.
1: Well, it's really hard. Yeah. It's really hard for me to tell when I'm not in Colorado which direction is which. Because I'm used to having the mountains to my west. Oh, And so wherever I was in Denver, I could just look for the mountains and then orient myself. Uh-huh. But without the mountains, I'm just like oh, completely well, lost.: that's funny.
0: <laughs> You might have a similar uh, you might uh, approach direction the same as me because I don't <clears throat> My wife's really smart about we went this way, so where we're trying to go is that way. and I have to drive home the way I know. The way that worked last time.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, me or too. I or won't,
0: I won't make it. Uh, when I was in New York City, I relied on the trade center, so I know what, knew what was south.
1: Well, it's all... They're no, uh, most a lot of the streets in New York City are numbered, so that's yes. helpful, too.
0: Yeah, but I, at the time, <laughs> I was dyslexic, so I could get going the wrong way and go a couple blocks before I... Well, streets... I can figure, it. but streets and the the uh, I think what I got backwards was the, were the avenues.
1: Yeah, right. You Fifth know. Avenue and Fifth Street are not the same thing,
0: <laughs> right? I th- I'd, or I'd be walking something as simple as well. I didn't do it all the time, but I, on occasion, I was walking west intending to go east. I think I was just hungry or distracted. <laughs> Very <laughs> angry when get I figured distracted. out. <laughs> yeah, there's so much to look at in New York City. I, I want to ask you a little bit about your process and and how you started up, how you decided to uh, uh, dive into this podcasting thing.
1: Okay. So I was looking for science communication jobs, mm-hmm. and a lot of employers wanted someone with video editing or even podcasting. I saw a few times, mm-hmm. and so I talked. Uh, I know the communications person uh, at UGA, mm-hmm. and I talked to her and said, "Is it? Do you think it's worth my time?" to learn how to do this podcasting thing. Yeah. yeah. And I'd listened to a, a bunch mm-hmm. of podcasts. Um, and so she had me talk to Doug Parsons, who does the America Adapts podcast. He sounds familiar um, to me. He's from, he's from Athens, I think.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and he's been doing really well with his podcast. And so he sort of mentored me a little bit. Cool. And then I joined this 28-day challenge on Facebook mm-hmm. that basically hot. Takes you from knowing nothing about podcasting to publishing your podcast mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. 28 days. So, and it's kind of like a crash course, and it gives you like a deadline because a lot of people are like, "Well, I want to do a podcast, but I don't know when I'm going to start." Mm-hmm. And eventually, I'll do it. But mm-hmm. that was like, y- was you a, have to do this now. <laughs> yeah, a
0: discipline uh, program to yeah. to be focused on it. Yeah, yeah. So it
1: really helped me get that off the ground. And then um, I went to the Podcast Movement Convention in July.
0: Yeah, how was that? Uh,
1: It was great. There were tons of people, and it was constant. It was pretty exhausting Uh (laughs) Um, because when you're not in, like, a workshop, you're networking with people and talking Uh, to people. And I met a lot of great people, Mm -hmm. um, and nobody there was doing a podcast about mushrooms or fungi.
0: Okay, so you you know you're on to something. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's, yeah, I just imagined a bunch of... uh, uh, Professional talkers all in one hotel. <laughs> <Yeah. you> know. because <laughs> I like I was I was sort of examining myself. I think there sometimes you're not that social, or, but if I have a, a if I set up a, an an environment where it's a project, then I then I like dive a in. Framework. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like okay. I did. I mean, I was listening to podcasts, and that's what Spark gave me the notion. You know, I, so I I pr- probably imitate. Well, I'm not. I have to quit saying this. But I'm copying. I sort of copied Mark Maron's but, format Yeah, of, he
1: talked a lot about him at the convention, <laughs> oh, he really he wasn't there.
0: Yeah, but he's he he made it. His podcast made a huge impression on me. You know, and I don't think I'll ever be uh, that vulnerable with my feelings, <laughs> you know, or whatever. But um, but it but he gets a he gets good. Interviews from people.
1: Yeah, I saw one with Terry Gross. Yes. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Really and that was really great. That was great.
0: Yeah. That was so great, yeah. She allowed her, allowed her to self asked questions, and both of them I love equally, I think.
1: She <laughs> was the keynote at the convention. Oh. And she was fantastic. Oh, boy. And she, she played a bunch of clips from different interviews and stuff. Oh, and I
0: thought that was great.
1: Talked about how to handle guests uh-huh. and how to handle... You know, if you're doing a big production like fresh air, Mm -hmm. you know, the media the news media is listening to this. And if you're interviewing somebody, it's easy for them to take a little snippet and run with it and blow it out of proportion.
0: Yeah. So
1: she was she was kinda talking about some of the ups and downs of doing interviews with people and and Mm -hmm. interacting with politicians and things like that. So that was pretty cool.
0: Oh yeah, I guess that's a whole new end of it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I don't think. Paul Stamets is probably the biggest celebrity in mycology, and I don't think I'm anywhere close to, <laughs> to him accepting an invitation to be on the show yet.
0: Uh, but you're, you probably, have you asked yet?
1: I haven't, no. Oh, okay.
0: Well, maybe he'll listen to mine and then...
1: There we go, him. there we
0: go. <laughs>
1: I'll <laughs> catch him through the back door.
0: <laughs> um, I, I really appreciate that you set up the um, local podcast podcasters networking facebook page to
1: trying to get more people involved in that and get us to actually meet <laughs>
0: yeah yeah and i actually didn't get the um notice that it was called off last oh, time so I'm sorry. i it's okay oh, no it's not no it's not it's because i well same i look at stuff and, and don't read it so i i was like oh yeah that's right it's a reminder about the thing tonight
1: oh right and uh,
0: <laughs> just like when i texted you or uh
1: yesterday about
0: tomorrow at five <laughs> i think it automatically corrected i was i meant to write tonight oh but i didn't i mean i couldn't figure out how i was like well i wrote that's what i wrote you know yeah. very frustrating <laughs> but i can't i couldn't remember doing that so i think i thought i wrote something else it correct it changed it to <gasps> tomorrow and i just didn't read i didn't you know I'm,
1: uh, I'm not very competent at 5 a.m., so oh, no. <laughs> I can't fault anyone else for did making I send, mistakes. I
0: probably sent it you. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I did send it at 5 a.m., didn't I? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I get, I'm, I'm up early. <laughs> <laughs> um, So, listen, you probably are getting the experience you'll need if you ever want to go. If you don't take off on your own, you're going to be a skilled. I'm uh, hoping. You know, I'm hoping. <laughs> what do you use to record on? To, uh, um, to record and edit.
1: I used uh, GarageBand.
0: GarageBand, that. okay, yeah. that's what I'm using, yeah.
1: Um, a lot of people have recommended Audacity, but mm-hmm. I open up the website and there's just so much stuff to look at, it's kind of intimidating. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to master GarageBand and then maybe move on to something more yeah. complex.
0: That's Yeah, GarageBand works, it sounds good, and it's not uh, complicated.
1: Yeah, it's pretty basic visually so it's yeah. easy to it's not as hard to get confused Mm-mm. not and, as easy to get uh, whatever oh,
0: no no <laughs> no it's easier to understand yeah i mean you, you still have if you mess around with it you still have you could make it complex because you can put like 20 tracks if you want you know yeah. so, so potential is is huge okay do you have a favorite fungi
1: i do i i I really I asked that question of all my guests mm-hmm. on the show mm-hmm. just to see out of curiosity what their responses are. I really like fungi in the caprinus genus and probably the most recognizable is called the inky cap.
0: Inky cap. Is that a is that officially a mushroom?
1: It's a mushroom. Yeah. yeah. So the mushroom is only part of the fungus. Ru- okay. It's just the reproductive part. Okay. Um, and,
0: and where and is the rest? Is underground. it underground? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Or it's inside the tree or it's inside your tree stomp, or it's inside your house.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or, um, okay. So the mushroom, the part that you see, is just the reproductive part.
0: Okay.
1: So the inky cap is white, and it grows up, and it looks really kind of shaggy on the outside. And then when it's mature enough for the spores to come out, the cap of the mushroom starts digesting itself. Oh. And it releases this black, drippy, inky-looking substance. Ew. <laughs> um, and it's really like, I think it looks really cool, it's very like goth and like <laughs> okay. And right. it's v- such an interesting way of dispersing its spores
0: with because, the goo that drips out.:
1: Well, some of the spores come down with the goo, but as it's digesting, the edges of the mushroom cap curl up and spread the gills open, and then the spores can spread Ooh. out. Can be dispersed by wind or air. whatever. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, otherwise, the gills are just too close together. If mm-hmm. the spores would drop, they would just stick to another gill, and there mm-hmm. there wouldn't they, they wouldn't go anywhere.
0: Okay. So it's
1: a really cool way of getting its spores out there, and it looks really neat. And you can write with the ink. Like you Amazing. can take the stuff and like
0: Amazing. make it into an ink. Oh yes, that's leading me to other questions. But uh, one was, I I listened on one episode. You talked about making it. A print from the mushroom? Spore print. A spore print. Yeah. Which I only halfway understood how the impression stays on the paper. could you describe that a little bit?
1: Well, so what you do is you take the mushroom and you pull off the stem. Okay. And then you lay the mushroom on a piece of paper with the gills down. And it's good to use half black paper and half white paper Mm -hmm. because some mushrooms have white gills and they wouldn't show up on white paper. Okay. So it's good to have that um and each mushroom releases its spores in a specific pattern Mm -hmm. so you can use that to identify what kind of mushroom you have or part you know use that based on the
0: pattern from the the print okay
1: and the color of the spores and everything um some of the spores are kind of like staining but if you picked up the piece of paper and like brushed it off it would it would wipe off the spores so you can spray it with, like, a spray adhesive or something, uh-huh. and that'll, like, keep it stuck on the paper.
0: Okay, so it uh, they don't necessarily stay by themselves. So.
1: Right, right. Okay. Some of okay. them stain, and so they'll leave, like, that brownish kind of stain behind. Uh-huh. But it's, it's just the spores that are sitting on the paper. So if you picked it up and blew on it, you know, you might okay. blow you the might spores everywhere. everywhere.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and grow new... F- Mushrooms <laughs> yes. all over.
1: They're very pretty, though. So yeah. if you Google just like spore prints, there's mm-hmm. so many really cool.
0: Oh, yes, I will.
1: Really cool designs.
0: Now I know why. Um, see, I'm a I'm a podcast freak now. A spore print. Now I know why Joe Rogan has a guy that looks stuff up on the internet for him. <laughs> you know, on the spot. Yeah, um, I
1: could use. Probably someone could, like that, Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: you could probably well, I use a studio with a person in the control room, you know. I could use a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. In fact,
1: that's why I need sponsors for this show. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah, if anyone's listening. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's really someone easy contribute? to become?
1: Yeah. Um, So if you go to fungytown.org, there's mm-hmm. a green Become a Patron button. Mm-hmm. And if you click on that, there's $5, I think I have $1, $5, and $10 a mouse. Mm-hmm. So those are different options, and the different rewards come with those different okay. ah,
0: options. Rewards. So you can get, like, a yeah.
1: sticker, mm-hmm. or I have new bumper stickers that say, mm-hmm. Follow Me to Fungi Town." Awesome. And I have these really pretty uh, prints, mushroom prints.
0: Oh, I saw those on the Facebook page. Yeah,
1: Maggie Baxter is Maggie a Baxter. local artist. Okay, yeah. Um, nice And work. so I have some prints that are available, too. Yeah. So. Beautiful. Yeah, Beautiful. I could use the support.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Check her out, people. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I have to catch up to you. I have to get a, a Patreon, and I have to get... Uh, I missed a step, so I didn't get... I'm not on iTunes yet, so I'll have to um, just, like, check in with them and see.
1: It's pretty easy.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought. I was, and it, I waited the two weeks and then. Oh, really? Yeah, never have... To. I got it on my phone through pasting, copy and pasting feed. Huh. But I can't. Every time I search on iTunes, I can't find it.
1: Interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I had trouble for a while. So Fungi Town is two words, and yeah, if yeah. some people, if they searched with it as one word, it wouldn't come up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and I feel like that's somehow resolved itself. But okay, um, that was an issue for a while. So it can be.
0: Hmm. Well, yeah, we won't talk about my problems here. <laughs> um, but also, that episode, about I'm an artist, and so I took notice when you talked about uh, dyeing fabric yeah. with with mushrooms and algae. I mean, not algae. Lichen.
1: Lichen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was a really fun episode to do um, because the woman that I spoke to, Alyssa Allen, who was my mm-hmm. guest, She does a lot of... She's sort of a scientist. Like, Mm -hmm. she does a lot of experimentation. She sees a mushroom she hasn't used before. Mm -hmm. She'll she'll try it in a hot water bath, or she'll try it in hot water with um, different chemicals to see, and she, like, takes notes and keeps samples of everything. She's very scientific, the way she goes about Mm -hmm. it. And it's really cool because it's a way to... It's a way for someone who isn't professionally studying them to go out and collect them and do something fun with them and not worry about if they're edible or anything like that. Right. Because it doesn't, um, even if the mushroom that you're using to die with is poisonous, mm-hmm. the toxins don't absorb through the skin. So unless okay. you, like, drink, unless okay, you so eat you, what a bunch about of if it. you have a
0: cut on your hand?
1: Right? No, you're no. fine. As, as long as you don't ingest. Okay the fungus. Okay. Then you're fine. Alright.
0: Um
1: even if you like handle them and then you accidentally like, you know, cough in your hand or mm-hmm. something, you're still you're still gonna be fine. Okay. Um so it's it's a pretty safe way to deal with uh, different mushrooms that you maybe don't know exactly what they are.
0: Right. You right. can still
1: play around with it and investigate it mm-hmm. without worrying about Poisoning yourself for right. your family, or yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, that's a, yeah, that's important. People, I I got the impression that some people are just too afraid of mushrooms, so they just don't go near them, and they yeah, and we're they, they'll miss out.
1: Really terrified as a country of mushrooms. There's mm-hmm. a lot of fear of you know toxins and
0: mm-hmm. well, you know, the, since we're on that subject, a story my father told me came to mind. His family used to go out. Traditionally, I don't. Do you have Italian heritage? Mm. Okay. Um, they were fairly new immigrants, so they they had habits of going out and collecting mushrooms okay. every year and and cooking them up. But somebody got the wrong mushroom apparently in one batch of stuff, so they all ended up sick. Mm. So somebody made a mistake and. You know, yeah, you want to mushroom. make sure you
1: know what you're eating. You have to know sure. what you're getting. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely.
0: So I think that they I got the impression that they did it on a regular basis. They usually always had they no, didn't always make that mistake. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> something, yeah, something went wrong and but that also but uh it does there are hallucinogenic mushrooms mm-hmm. and uh I have experienced uh on occasion the negative effects of that and it is like being sick <laughs> you know yeah
1: yeah there's definitely there are some good effects and some not so good effects mm-hmm.
0: yeah i hear some people praise him and there was a, there's a new book that i have not read by the food writer pa- Pollock hmm
1: i'm not familiar oh him. yeah
0: he writes about trying these different forms of Psilocybin's and how it actually, it didn't, it wasn't illegal before, and it actually is not, if it's done right, it's not, it's relatively safe. You know,
1: There's but, a lot of research right now yeah. going into using psychedelic mushrooms to help with PTSD, mm-hmm. depression, even Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping to cover cover some of those studies in yeah. future episodes.
0: Talk to some pros in that area. That would be yeah. interesting. I'll try to. F- figure out his book. It sounded like something I wanted to read. Uh, he talked to Mark Maron. He talked to Terry Gross too, I think.
1: Cool. Talked I'll have up. to look it up.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think it's Pollock. I get the impression that you uh, will never run out of fungi subjects
1: Absolutely not. to talk about. <laughs> a lot of people think of mushrooms as just a pizza topping, but mm-hmm. there are so there are so many mushrooms mm-hmm. in the world. Not only different culinary mushrooms you know Mm -hmm. like the button mushrooms we eat and portobellos and there are truffles Uh
0: uh-huh yeah and
1: there are a lot of medical applications like i was touching on just a second ago but also we get penicillin from penicillium which is the mold that is on your bread right
0: right right right
1: um and then there's artistic applications like with the yarn dyeing. yeah um So we've got, and then there's all the psychedelics, of course. Mm -hmm. And then mushroom, or fungi in the forest help, basically, if a plant is able to associate with a fungus underground, it has a much better, it thrives a lot more. Like the
0: truffles and the pecan trees. Yes. Okay.
1: Um, but, But many, many plants, even the grass on your lawn, it's uh-huh. so much better when it's paired with a fungus underground uh-huh. because the fungus can reach, can, so the fungus gets just sugar from the plant and absorbs uh-huh. sugar through the roots of the plant, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it can reach further for water and other kinds of nutrients in Wait, the plant. Wait, the fungus can, re-
0: oh, okay. Mm-hmm.
1: And so it exchanges, so it gets sugar, but it gives like nitrogen. Oh. And
0: so it's like an auxiliary like root extension yeah. maybe.
1: and. Trees in a forest can associate with the same fungus and are able to pass chemical signals to each other through the fungus.
0: Mm. So, so, the trees can talk to each they other can through communicate, the fungus? Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, uh,
0: can you interpret any of the conversations?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're, you know, if you start cutting down trees mm-hmm. in a forest, oh. the, the other trees understand that there's a threat. Uh And a lot of... um, There's a lot of research being done in that area, Mm -hmm. but they think that mycelial fungi, which are the the underground plant-associating fungi, Mm -hmm. are probably the pathway, or or at least some of the pathway for that communication. Uh Um, So it's, you know, there are plants that can't grow without fungi. There are insects that farm fungi... There are fungi that farm insects. Well, maybe not farm, Uh they eat insects. Uh Um, Like the zombie ant fungus.
0: Uh, What is that?
1: It is a fungus that infects ants. Okay. And it basically takes over their brain. Mm -hmm. Oh. And eats their insides. And it makes the ant crawl up to an advantageous point that the fungi can release its spores from. So it controls the ant and makes it walk up to like the top of the leaf or something, um, and then it'll pop out of the ant's head, and the mushroom release will come the out and release from the, the ant.
0: Well, um, oh, that is that's very much like a zombie. <laughs>
1: it is. It's really cool.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Um, and there's a fungus that infects flies, uh-huh. and it causes them to fly up on like a window, and it kind of grows and cements them to the window, and then kills the fly and releases its spores. So if you ever see a a fly that looks like it's in a little cobweb kind of stuck to the window, that's uh-huh. a fungus. And that really? fungus is eating the ate or ate the fly. Wow. And is releasing its spores into the air. There are so and there are people developing like leather alternatives and packing styrofoam mm-hmm. and uh, uh packing styrofoam packing materials
0: and uh, that is a idea out of idea. a fungus. Oh my God.
1: Um so and they can customize it to any shape.
0: And it's biodegradable. Uh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Does it
0: go? Would it turn back into more it's, fungus, or is it inert? Is
1: it's dead? Okay. I think they. Um, I'm looking forward to doing an episode on that too. Mm-hmm. But I believe that they grow the mycelium, which is uh, mainly what a fungus is. It's like these long, fibrous mm-hmm. cells.
0: That's what mycelium means. Because mm-hmm. okay,
1: um, and that's. Most of what a fungus is, the mushroom is just the mycelium reproducing. Okay. Um, So they grow the mycelium in a mold, Mm -hmm. and then once it's filled the mold, I think they kill off the fungus. I think they—I'm not sure what their process is. And then uh, once it's been used for packing material and then um, it's no longer used, Mm -hmm. it'll— it's just fungus, so it'll biodegrade. Oh,
0: well, that is pretty awesome.
1: Um, yeah, I think that's a really exciting yeah. field of, of research right now.
0: Yeah, that's so, we, we should. I wish we could switch into that type of future right would, now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like I. Well, I don't want to talk too much about plastic, but just that I was uh, my I, my dad worked for a Coca Cola company when plastic bottles were beginning,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it was just like a new thing. It Doesn't break as easy, blah blah blah. And then all of a sudden, and that was seventy. Three ish. All of a sudden now, there's plastic everywhere. Yeah, it's all over yeah. the freaking. Uh, and then when I talk to, and I hate to say this because I, but it's, I'm a human. I talk to young people, <laughs> and they shrug it off like that's the way, it is, and that it's they don't have the perspective of you know, when I was your age. Okay, um, <laughs> but so it's fungus. Or fungi are not an animal and not a plant.
1: Exactly. They're, they have their own kingdom. So, there's, so biological life is divided into different kingdoms. Okay. Based on how genetically related they are. Okay. And so plants have their own kingdom. Animals have their own kingdom. Bacteria have their own kingdom. And fungi have their own kingdom. Okay. But evolutionarily, they're more closely related to animals than they are to plants very uh-huh. distant very distant relationship yeah, okay. but closer on the evolutionary tree to us.
0: is that why vegans don't eat mushrooms?
1: It depends I on think... the vegan I think there are different levels of uh-huh. of veganism okay um yeah, you'd mm-hmm. have to talk to someone. I'm not an expert in that area yeah
0: no, I can't yeah. Neither am I. I toyed with the notion. but
1: I was vegan for a while, but yeah. I was just non-dairy-eating vegan. Mm-hmm. But there are some vegans that don't ingest honey because that's taking advantage of the insects mm. and things like that. So there's different degrees mm-hmm. that you can take it.
0: Yeah, that's cr- cr- crossing over to a, some super moral strictness.
1: I think it would take a lot of discipline. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it would, you know, and it might be worth it, but it, I I'm starting I call myself an aspiring vegetarian so I can so I don't <laughs> so I so I cannot ever be called a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um okay, so it's a, it's, it's got its own kingdom, but mm-hmm. it's cl- more closely related to animal than a yep. plant, okay. And oh back to penicillin, penicillin. Mm-hmm. Is that also in blue cheese? Or is that just something I had in my mind?
1: That... So... Different blue cheeses have different fungi.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, oh. Rockford has its own species. Camembert has its own species. So different cheeses use different kinds okay. of fungi. Um, I know that penicillium is the bread mold, for sure. Okay, okay. Um... I have grown it
0: mm-hmm.
1: using just exposing a petri dish to the open air in my kitchen for an hour.
0: It just grew, it, yeah, it grew. A petri on dish. The what, what what is?
1: Oh, okay. It's like a little shallow dish, mm-hmm. and you pour something called agar in, which is usually I think it's made from seaweed, but it's mm-hmm. kind of like it's kind of like making a Jello shot, right? Okay. But that Jello stuff is full of tasty proteins and sugars and things. So spores in the air will land on it and it provides a nourishing I habitat. See. So
0: whatever lands will grow has a fertile
1: Right. If it's farm. uh you know, if it's the kind of organism that
0: that likes that. Right, stuff. yeah. Like, okay.
1: <laughs> um but I have personally grown penicillin from my kitchen. Okay. And that's penicillium is the fungus and then they synthesized chemicals in that to make penicillin. That okay. we use as an okay. antibiotic.
0: So I couldn't just eat the mold and... Right. Okay.
1: Right. So and I have... I'm allergic to penicillin. Oh, okay. Um, but I can handle the fungus just fine without any problems. Something happens during when they synthesize the drug into penicillin, hmm. penicillin that I have a reaction to.
0: It. Talk a little bit about corn smug because I, I listened to that one and I also watched... Your video and I saw some other pictures and it. Sorry, but it looks hideous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look especially attractive. Mm.
0: Um,
1: but it tastes pretty good. Yeah, and it's pretty um, it's sought after. I talked when I was doing that episode.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I talked to a lot of local restaurants. Mm-hmm. And um, several of them were like, can you get this for me? Like, if you can get this, we're, like, I want it. <laughs> oh, really? Um, and I saw someone at the farmer's market mm-hmm. posted a picture of some locally on Instagram. So so it's around.
0: Okay, okay. Um, you did track some down. Oh, no, you got some. Where did you get yours?
1: I got some canned okay. at the local Mexican grocery store.
0: Uh-huh. Um, oh, okay. Uh- the one on... Prince
1: it's off of Jefferson over by oh. the train tracks oh okay that I think petroleum I th-
0: processing I think I know but there. I've never been there yeah
1: they have yeah, lots of I stuff think. in there
0: <laughs> Okay, as I used to live across from the one that is next to Aguilinda. okay yeah but there I think they're the same owners well let me just uh, let me get one one thing uh sorted out in my mind so fun fungi include mushrooms And lichen, and what else?
1: And, let's see, so a mushroom is a part of a fungi. Oh, right. A a lichen
0: is um, fungi
1: and algae combined together. Okay. And, yeah, so all of those things are fungi, Mm -hmm. but not all fungi have mushrooms.
0: Right, I see. That the mushroom is just an aspect of one fungi. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So
1: all mushrooms are a fungus or a fungi.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Fungi is the pearl of plural right. of fungus. Yeah,
0: Yeah. it'll um, take a while for me to um, let go of the mushroom thing even though You've said it to me now and I listen to it on your podcast. <clears throat> it's, yeah.
1: it's really easy for us to make that association because that's uh-huh. the part we see most yeah. of the time. Yeah, yeah. we don't see like what's going on underground or Mm-mm. under the bark or Mm-mm. and that's where most of the action is happening. <laughs> so of course, you know and there're these bright, you know often very stinky or very colorful mm-hmm. looking things because they're meant to be attractive to attract like an insect mm-hmm. to help it spread its spores or you know an animal or something like that so mm-hmm. it makes sense that that would be the connection in our heads too
0: yeah yeah cuz that's our physical world so oh, so the cor- the corn smut is a a fungus that grows on
1: on corn kernels. On corn mm-hmm.
0: kernels and it's a, a delicacy in Mexico or mm-hmm. what
1: it's a delicacy here but oh, it's really? mostly it's used more traditionally in Mexico. It's mm-hmm. a lot more, you know, they have, like, a huet lacoche season, mm-hmm. and people are excited, like, hey, we can get the corn smut. And, um, whereas here, you know, a lot of foodies are starting to discover it and adopt it, but it's not been as widely uh-huh. accepted as it is in Mexico. Yeah. Um, but it's a fungus that infects the kernels of corn, and makes the kernel grow into a tumor so that so that the fungus has more material to eat. And so mm-hmm. it makes this crazy looking <laughs> kind of grayish purple mutant corn cob. Um and it's perfectly edible. It's and just I it's, guess it, if, it tastes good.
0: <laughs> if it just wasn't called a tumor
1: Yeah, yeah. That's kind of off putting yeah. <laughs> um the when you get it a lot of times in the store in a restaurant they call it corn truffle okay even though it is not related to truffles I see at all but it's it's a much happier sounding name than corn smut or
0: yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, lo- I love your uh, your 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 latest theme music with shehehe's yeah. song how do do you do you know them or did you
1: I have at- been a fan for a while, and so I've met them at shows occasionally, mm. and um, so I just approached them on Facebook and said, hey, like, um, I'm doing this podcast, would, would it be cool if I use some of your music? Mm-hmm. And they said that they yeah. like supporting different local projects and stuff, and that they'd be happy to oh, let me use great.
0: their stuff. So. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, another, let's see, another podcast who just joined the group, uh, Behind the Mic, they... I think they've had some members on their show oh, okay. and played some of their music, too. Ooh, I, I like them a lot. Yeah, I like that. I'm, I, had, I don't know them that well. I heard the name for a while before I listened to anything. But this is very much like a, I don't know, It's a, it feels to me like some of the fun 80s pop punk.
1: It's, yeah, it does I, have that. Yeah. Yeah, and they're really fun to go see live. There's a lot of, like, energy. in Wow. They're really amazing, cool.
0: yeah, and your theme you see it makes it it what makes science exciting <laughs> by throwing in that uh that she he he riff <clears throat> so oh, frogs and bats, yeah, and beer <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> I power listened today in preparation Fast forward. Yeah. <clears throat> but um. You talked about the beer process a little bit, Mm -hmm. and that's something I think that's very relatable to a lot of people in a college town. (laughs) Definitely. With a a lot of microbreweries. And um, I took, I, Mom made bread at home, and she showed me the yeast, and, uh, you know, I didn't think about that as a, I didn't think about it. It was just what you did. Right, yeah, it's this
1: pouch with powder in it and you dump it in the thing, and you stir it up with this other thing, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. You spoke to a man that talked about harvesting wild yeast.
1: Yeah, which um, caught my
0: imagination.
1: <laughs> so I talked to—I want to say his name is Brian Roth at the Southern Brewing Company.
0: That sounds yeah, yeah. And he
1: right. um, so they have a beer called Wild Azalea. It's like a sour.
0: Wild beer. Azalea. Hmm. Ah.
1: And they collected the fungus they use in that um, from azalea plants, mm-hmm. like in their neighbor's yard or on the property. Oh, how fun! Um, yeah, there's a, <laughs> in in uh, craft beer. There's been this movement towards like hyper local sourcing of things. So the my other guest on that show, David, I can't remember his last name.
0: Oh, this episode. <clears throat> Episode three,
1: I think. He's at Carolina Barn House in South Carolina. Carolina uh, Barn
0: House? That's mm-hmm. the name of the beer brewery? That's the name Bar- of the
1: brewery, yeah. Um, and he has a group that I think they're called. Oh, I should have looked this stuff up. Um, no, you're
0: not, you're not supposed to remember everything.
1: So he's got beer basically beer a yeast three. lab where they are studying different sources of different I yeast <laughs> uh. <laughs> um and so it's it's called something labs but it's like a more science angle on uh south yeah south yeast labs. labs yeah okay. that's the one
0: south yeast labs um, uh,
1: it's david
0: uh carolina oh. brew house ales Hold on. Special thanks to my guest, David Thornton.
1: There we go, David yeah. Thornton. <laughs> okay,
0: sorry.
1: Uh, he, so he's got Southeast Labs. Okay. And they're looking at just experimenting with collecting different yeasts from different places um, to use to bring different flavors to beers. I am a big fan of craft beers. Yeah. <laughs> so mm. it was a great episode for me because mm. I got to hang out in the brewery <clears throat> and. Did you drink taste beer sample somehow? Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> um. Definitely, (laughs) and I got to when I interviewed uh, Brian. The brewery was closed, Mm -hmm. so it was just me and him. And (coughs) he showed me all the different machinery and showed me the, you know, the brewing containers and talked to me about the process and everything and had me try a bunch of different stuff and it was really cool.
0: That is amazing. So he has to if he picks finds a, a wild yeast that he likes, he has to cultivate a lot of it. Right or how am I wrong? What how, how's it
1: right? Um. So, for, well, first they have to make sure they know what they have, right? So they have to. So first they have to collect these. Mm-hmm. Then they have to isolate it from whatever other stuff, because when you're you're dealing with fungi, there are a lot of bacteria. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of other fungi, so mm-hmm. you have to make sure to isolate that one thing that you're after, and then you can probably do genetic testing on it, genetic mm-hmm. barcoding to make sure you know what species it is, mm-hmm. um, and that it doesn't produce anything harmful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you would just... Yeast grows super, super fast. So once they've got it isolated and they've got it in the ideal growing conditions, mm-hmm. they can produce tons and tons of yeast. And then they just keep a stock of that parent yeast and then use that whenever they want to do some brewing. I but I think they probably start with like a, a small batch and Experiment until they've got the taste they want, and then um, you know put it into production with a much larger. Okay. But um, yeast reproduces super duper fast.
0: Okay, I'll have to try some wild azalea. I more I've heard people be uh, critical of IPAs lately, but I'll always love the IPA. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this one is a, It's kind of a sour. hmm A lot of the sour beers are, they get that sourness from a bacteria. Mm-hmm which is that's a whole other <laughs> that's a whole other thing whole that's other pretty field cool of study, yeah. right yeah but it's neat that they <laughs> use these different microorganisms to give you different flavors Yes, that is beer. amazing that is but uh wild azalea, and there was another one that he told me about that was also something they had collected locally like local as in on their pers- on their property local uh-huh. so wow. it's it's really cool that you could get really you could taste a place.
0: <laughs> that Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, like, because before everything was so manufactured and mass production oriented, that is the way. You went to the next town, and their beer was different than the beer in your town.
1: Yeah.
0: I always and their cheese try. was different. Their <laughs> wine was different.
1: Yeah, when I travel, I always try the local beer, beers yeah. if I can, just to get a sense of, like, what's going on in this I grew up in Denver, mm-hmm. which is a huge beer town.
0: Okay. They have the
1: international beer competitions in Denver.
0: Oh, I bet it's And awesome. so
1: that's, like, how I got my taste Jeez. for the <laughs> beverage, I think.
0: <laughs> You're a, a beer connoisseur. Yeah, that would be... I don't know, everyone's moving out there now.
1: Yes, like, yes. I I think it's probably... Things have changed quite a bit since mm-hmm. I lived there.
0: Yeah, like, uh, I... I probably couldn't go back to Sarasota or New York City. Or even if I sold my house in Athens, I don't think I'd be able to buy a better house.
1: And New York City is so expensive. <laughs> yeah, it
0: got... It was expensive before, and now it's huge.
1: Great place to visit, though. It's or a great place to visit. New
0: York City. Yeah. So have you been there recently? Is that-
1: I have been there... I. So my dad is from New York, mm-hmm. so always like for Christmas
0: oh, we fun. go to New York. So okay. I've been there a lot, a lot of time. The city or the uh, he's from Long Island. Long Island, okay, okay.
1: Um, but you know, I've I usually do the art museums, uh, mm-hmm. and there's this one Kanish place in the in the village uh-huh. that it's amazing, awesome. and I always go there for. That's like the, my first stop Wait, when I Wait, Kanish,
0: it slips my mind. What is that?
1: It's kind of like mashed potato wrapped in a a, a thin dough. And baked.
0: Yes, okay. It's so good. good. I know that, I know, yeah.
1: (laughs) But you can't, like, there's an incognitionary in Mm -mm. Athens, Mm -mm. and this place has been around for over 100 years in the same spot, so it's got a lot of character, and they really know what they're doing.
0: And And what I noticed in a city like that is... Whatever they're making, they keep it fresh because there's always somebody coming by to buy whatever they just made.
1: Yeah, nothing sits around because yeah. there's so many. But consumes. here,
0: if they well, we can't make too much because we're not going to be able to sell it all. So you better, you know, we'll just heat up this pizza from yesterday. Right. See, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, my family is uh, my dad's my dad's side of the family is in Utica, New York.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've got family in Queens and Brooklyn and
0: oh. All very the near place the city. up there, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, oh, amazing. Syracuse, Rochester, <laughs> the Bronx, <Wow. laughs> yeah, my yeah. my Italian side is up there.
0: Yeah, they yeah, the Italians. All are, I thought they were only in Utica, right? <laughs> <laughs> <You> <laughs> in know, the city, but
1: I guess. My Greek, my grandmother was Greek, and mm-hmm. she she always asked me where there's got to be some Greeks in Athens because it's named after you yeah, know like Athens, and and you've got Sparta. Well, that's um, they probably. You know, I was like, I don't know. I know there's a Greek church in Watkinsville, but mm-hmm. I haven't met any other Greeks. <laughs> Maybe
0: we have some Greek uh, founding fathers, and
1: yeah, I don't know true. why.
0: But yeah, they're they're, they're around. You just there's the, uh, there's, but there's always more to learn about your town. You know, it certainly doesn't. All the sororities and
1: the yeah, the oh, the, the whole Greek life <laughs> thing makes me crazy. Yeah, I'm like you. <laughs>
0: That's not very Greek, is it? No,
1: like like being Greek, you know, like my grandmother went, first she went to regular school, mm-hmm. and then after that she went to Greek school. So she had to go to school twice in one day every day, and that's where she learned, like, how to read and write in mm-hmm. Greek and how to speak, you know, her family oh spoke Greek, but, like, and the different traditions and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot more that goes into being Greek than just using Greek lettering on the outside of your house, <laughs> so I find it mildly offensive. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: Sorry about that. <clears throat> yeah, this, I don't know if Athens is going to change too
1: much. I don't have. <laughs> I'm not going to fight that battle. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, let's see. You mentioned a couple things you want to get somebody to t- talk about next on your ne- on your next po- on your future podcast. What sort of future f- fungi do you want to explore?
1: Well, I'm, I'm definitely interested in um, speaking with researchers about using the psychedelic mushrooms to treat things like PTSD. Mm-hmm. And,
0: and maybe anxiety, too. And anxiety. So, yeah.
1: um, there are a lot of podcasts about psychedelics, mm-hmm. psychedelic mushrooms, so, you know, I kind of want to take the angle of looking at the research that's going on mm-hmm. with those, um, because I think the the ground has been covered pretty well as far as recreational use
0: oh yeah Uh, no i think it's it's important that yeah um, from a yeah yeah so i think
1: it yeah it suits suits the format of the podcast Mm -hmm. you know to just to focus on the research but um so i'm really interested in that
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um i think it'd be really cool if they could use that to help help a lot of people yeah yeah um i just attended last weekend i went to the atlanta cheese fest and talked to a bunch of local cheese makers Mm -hmm. um so i'm hoping to speak with some of them about how they use different it's interesting that you asked me about that earlier um but how they use different fungi in the cheese production process
0: okay and
1: hopefully they'll they'll feed me cheese (laughs) yeah
0: they will it's only right so are you, are you still, I think I saw on Facebook, you're still looking for cheese
1: I'm professionals? I'm looking for to t- cheese, yes.
0: Cheese yes. people to talk to you?
1: Um, I am also, I really want to do an episode on the largest organism in the world.
0: Yes, what is that?
1: It is, it's called the humongous fungus. Mm-hmm. It's an armillaria fungus that lives in the uh, Muir National Forest in mm-hmm. Oregon. Mm-hmm. It's several thousand acres big. And it grows a couple feet every year,
0: so it's only in Oregon, or it's
1: it is. So this particular one fungus, uh-huh. the one organism is. Uh-huh. So there are, yeah. So wow. there are. There's one in, um, I want to say like Michigan or Montana. Uh-huh. That's also really big. It's the same species, but this one uh-huh. in Oregon, it's all one. It's like the same organism. Uh-huh. It's. Acres and acres and acres. And oh it's the God. largest living thing in the world. It's bigger than wow. a whale, it's bigger than stand of aspen. It's it's huge.
0: So it expands through the ground mm-hmm. and
1: And it's a killer, it's a plant or a tree killer. So it's wiping out pine trees oh. in the forest.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that's why it got noticed in the first place. Okay. It's because people said, Why are all the trees dying? Mm-hmm. you know. Um, but strangely enough, even though it is the biggest organism in the world, Mm -hmm. I am having a super hard time finding someone to talk to me about the fungus. Funny. Um, So that's kind of like uh, the holy grail for me as far as Mm -hmm. finding a guest. Um, I've had some help from the Forest Service as Mm -hmm. far as making connections, but a lot of the people who initially discovered it Mm -hmm. and studied it are retired, and they're not you know,
0: and I, no one's taking up the
1: nobody's taking me up on that. Hmm. So I'm really, I'm really interested in talking about that because it's
0: okay.
1: it kind of blows me away that it's so big.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's you've got my captured my imagination, but will um, you'll find them, you'll find them. I have confidence in you. Okay, so um, you do an episode called Defunct.
1: Mm-hmm. It's it's a segment in my episode. Seg- yeah, yeah a
0: segment. Sorry.
1: Um, <laughs> that's why I kind of uh, where I debunk funky myths and misconceptions uh, <laughs> but I find that there's you know like I mentioned earlier with people differentiating between plants and funky mm-hmm. there's a lot that people don't that most people don't understand about funky and yeah. so I want to take a lot of those things and kind of break them down and say well this is what's mm-hmm. going on um, there's a lot of mysticism surrounding
0: Right mushrooms and fungi. Yeah, I didn't want you to tell me that, that the fairy rings were not made by fairies.
1: <laughs> well <laughs> I don't want to disappoint you.
0: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> but um a fairy ring yeah, actually what causes I saw that? one at Terrapin the other day, actually. You did? Yeah. Um there was the Indy South
0: Beer uh, craft, fairies. Yeah. Beer fairies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I saw a few of those too. Um and so a fungus grows radially, which means it grows in a circle. It expands oh. in the shape of a circle.
0: Oh. And it only
1: produces mushrooms on the youngest part of the fungus, which would be the outside edge of the circle.
0: Because it's further reaching it's out. It's the
1: youngest. Yeah, right. Oh. So as it as it gets bigger, it grows outward, and the youngest part is always on the outer edge. Oh. And that's the part that sends up the reproductive structures, oh. which are the mushrooms. And so... Um, if you've ever seen a fairy ring, it's like a ring, a ring so of mushrooms. So when they pop
0: up in a ring in the yard... It's
1: one fungus. There's a
0: fungus under there that's...
1: That's trying to reproduce, growing. yeah. Ah. And if usually, if you look, the grass that's in the middle mm-hmm. of the fairy ring mm-hmm. is a lot greener and a lot more lush. Than hmm. the, that's because, like I was saying before, it's the fungus works with... Plant oh,
0: okay. and helps
1: it produce or helps it collect nutrients and water ah, in like exchange that. for some of the sugars that it makes.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So it's it's healthy to have these things in your yard, um, and as long as you don't eat them.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Kitty, well, if there was a uh, fairy ring of the, to... if you were a professional and knew how to choose the edible ones, right, then you could. Yes, right. but don't just go run around Yeah. Eating. Don't just... <laughs>
1: Um eating. yeah, don't, don't just eat start eating things rain. randomly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> good advice. Good advice. Um what uh, what other type of misconceptions are out there?
1: Sorry, my stomach's making noise. It's a
0: very sensitive mic those. <laughs>
1: um well, a lot of um you know, something we touched on earlier about people having sort of a fear of mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of people think that that you shouldn't touch any mushrooms because right. you can absorb through your skin these toxins. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case. Um, it's perfectly safe to pick as many mushrooms as you want as long as you're not swallowing them,
0: right. you're okay. fine. Okay.
1: Um, obviously, you don't want your pets to eat them or anything like that. Right, but right. So that's one thing that people yeah. commonly think is that you know they shouldn't they shouldn't touch them mm-hmm. because they're gonna get sick from that. But
0: I think if I was a parent, I would say, "Don't touch," just to eliminate any risk to of, be on the safe side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. probably how that got started. Well, do 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 animals? Uh, don't they have an automatic? Don't they just automatically disregard in many cases stuff that's bad for them?
1: Um, I see, guess it depends see, on the animal. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, There were some really beautiful amanita mushrooms. They have the like red orange cap Mm -hmm. growing in my neighbor or in my friend's yard. And I usually consider I don't eat any amanitas. It's their amanita poisoning is pretty serious.
0: Oh wait, are you saying no one should eat it? Or
1: I don't eat them. I'm not confident enough to identify them. Uh-huh. A lot of them are very poisonous. Okay. okay. Um And can cause you know kidney failure and death. Um, so these amanitas were growing in my friend's yard, mm-hmm. and I came by the next day and the squirrels had just <gasps> eaten, just decimated them. Wow. So, you know, I think the squirrels. I mean, they probably know what's cool to eat and what's not cool to eat for because them. Because they
0: wouldn't have survived so long. If- Right. right. Yeah. yeah, I mean. So you're pretty sure the squirrels ate them or
1: I'm positive. I saw one of the squirrels okay. like chewing on, Eating you it. know, yeah, um <laughs> just totally obliterated uh-huh. all of these mushrooms. Um so those guys I I didn't see any dead squirrels later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so maybe it's
0: okay for them.
1: Yeah, so maybe they have some kind of enzyme or something in their digestion to mm-hmm. help block the toxins mm-hmm. or maybe that particular amanita is not as toxic as other mm-hmm. ones. I'm not sure, um, but I wouldn't have eaten it myself, but now that I've seen the squirrel eat it, I'm like,
0: hmm. Oh, you're getting,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, <Okay>. But <laughs> animals are <laughs> interesting because like, I, you know, I found out recently that birds can't taste spicy food. They can't taste Really? Hot. Yeah. How do, but how, did that, how does that
0: get, how do you know? How did you, how did they determine that?
1: So, I think...
0: Because I'm not a scientist. I have to
1: remember what I was reading. (laughs) Um, I think first they probably noticed birds eating, like, chilies or peppers and, Mm -hmm. you know, wondered. But I imagine they examined their tongue. Because our tongues are covered with chemical receptors. Mm -hmm. And that's what allows us to taste our food. Mm -hmm. And so I think the birds don't have the receptors for spicy uh-huh. on their tongues, and so they just don't, they just they don't get, like, it doesn't, ignore uh, yeah, it does just it
0: not affect their doesn't taste spicy to them.
1: Mm. Uh, I'm not sure about how it affects their digestive system. Mm. You know, I think the peppers, like the pepper plant,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the objective there is to make seeds and spread the seeds around, right, to, like, procreate, mm-hmm. like, most living things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so they make these bright red and bright orange fruits mm-hmm. to attract animals.
0: Right, right.
1: Um, and I don't know how oh, I got off on that track, but... <laughs> no, that's
0: okay. Then, then, then they eat them and, and spread and them around. Right, yeah, right. It yeah, goes yeah. through
1: their system and, you know...
0: Perfect, It uh, gets perfect. spread
1: all around. So I think there's some kind of relationship there mm-hmm. between some kind of mystical...
0: <laughs> yeah. Fairies.
1: Yeah, I'm not a bird <laughs> expert. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I... I and, and neither am I, but we've... We, we're... I guess my wife is better than I am. Um, she was focused on them for a while, and we grew up our yard so that it attracts everybody—frogs and cool. you know, frogs, bats, birds. We just recently, because I never saw the morning doves except maybe on a power line or up in a tree, but we—they come down into the front yard now. Nice, yeah, which is amazing. They Are were they so-
1: eating? Do you know what they're eating?
0: Not sure, but they hang around in the leaves and get the bugs maybe pick around. I mean, we have a little bird bath out there on the ground. Cool. Sometimes they're just hanging out there. Nice. Is, yeah.
1: I would like to attract some crows to my yard. Because really? I think crows are incredibly cool.
0: Well, they're fascinating they're birds, yeah.
1: Very intelligent.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, yeah, there's, if you get a chance, there's a TED Talks by uh-huh. this guy who made a crow vending machine.
0: What? And Oh, the they crows can... how to use it? Oh funny um
1: and it's it's so it's just really cool. I just think they're super neat birds so I'd love to have them in my yard bec- mm-hmm. but they don't come around
0: well they they um they were they were they seem to be in our neighborhood a lot for a while, but since you mentioned it, I haven't seen crows lately.
1: I hear them sometimes, like, having their crow discussions, but uh, I don't usually see them in my yard.
0: Well, they would get, sometimes, be the ones that mess around in somebody else's nest and, you know, steal the baby or...
1: Cause trouble.
0: Yeah, yeah. and uh, we still have birds of prey around there, too, but... um. Yes. Yeah. The crows are fast and they look awesome. They're like yeah. shiny. <laughs> yeah, I have <laughs> oh, several beautiful. and then I have a <laughs> raven
1: on my back and oh. <laughs> I have lots of flying things. Unless, what um, over oh, I here. like bird yeah, beautiful. I have a bat on my back and a, b- a bat on my foot and ah. a squirrel on my ankle. Cool. And a spider.
0: Spider. Do you have a uh, uh, any fungi?
1: I don't yet <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna get the inky cap. Uh, uh, as one of, of my course, next tattoos. Of course
0: you are. The inky cap. Describe that again. It's got the
1: It kind of looks like a white umbrella with black liquid dripping off the edges.
0: Okay. And how how high do they get?
1: Probably It, it mm-hmm. there's a bu- there are a few different species. Mm-hmm. Um but about the height of like I'd say less than 5 inches. Mm-hmm. As, far, as far as I know.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh, de- de- uh funked something else for me.
1: Okay. <laughs> Do you have one? <laughs> no.
0: Oh. Hmm. The, uh, the fear of breathing in something that might be growing in my studio out back. Ah. Like, because there's not proper ventilation and it just seems too humid and, you know, it smells like something's in the air and it, you know...
1: So all around us, all the time, mm-hmm. there are fungi, fungal spores in the air, mm-hmm. all the time, everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. Unless you're in, like a sterile lab, mm-hmm. somewhere, you're you've got fungal spores. You mm-hmm. have you have fungi on your skin all the time, mm-hmm. and it's helping. It's a good
0: it's yeah. a good
1: thing. Um, so we're always breathing in these things. Mm-hmm. But that being said, there there is a black mold that does grow in houses mm-hmm. um, and it's it can be very problematic mm-hmm. it, it can the spores can kind of they get in the lungs and they can kind of grow in there and yeah. cause some serious respiratory yeah. stuff mm-hmm. um, for the most part their fungi are interested in eating the wood mm-hmm. breaking down the wood and stuff mm-hmm. in your house but there, there is at least one black mold mm-hmm. that's
0: I had it's got heard of that. Health hazards, yeah. But isn't it is it usually in an attic or is it in a
1: It's going to be where there's enough moisture mm-hmm. and enough warmth mm-hmm. for it to grow. And so usually attics are, you know, most people don't mm-hmm. air condition their attics mm-hmm. or anything. Um so wherever the habitat is right for it is where okay. it's going to grow.
0: Well, I don't air condition my studio, but it's it's not heated in the winter either, so
1: um, yeah, I don't know what the life cycle of mm-hmm. that particular fungus is, um, but I know it's pretty common. Mm-hmm. And so, if you've got sort of black, sooty-looking fungus,
0: I'd be, I'd be seeing it somewhere, right? Y- you
1: would, yeah. So, in order for the spores to be released, mm-hmm. the fungus has to produce these structures that release the spores, uh, whether it's a mushroom or a. Sometimes they're called sporangium. Uh-huh. They so you're gonna that's the part you see is the reproductive part okay. where the spores come from. So yeah, you're gonna see, you're gonna see it.
0: I would see it as a fibery thing or no, a stain on the wood or.
1: So I think the the dangerous black powdery fungus mm-hmm. is probably like little black spots, kind of like soot or ash or something,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, kind of spreading around the edges of. You know the walls or whatever, okay. or behind things. Um, if you've got a lot of that, I would. So, Marin Brewer works at the University of Georgia, and mm-hmm. she is she helps the public identify a lot of mm. different fungi. M a r. It's Marin M a r i n Brewer, and she's my guest on. The corn smut episode.
0: Corn smut episode. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Um. So you might have a local like extension office, or mm-hmm. or mush, a lot of mushroom clubs have people to identify. Okay. So if you're concerned about something, I would take some good photos of it, mm-hmm. like well lit photos, mm-hmm. and try to contact somebody, okay. like either at a mushroom club or, um, and I'm sure there are. You know, like services, like mold mm-hmm. removal services. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you can consult with them without incurring a fee or something. Gotta, I've never yeah, had to deal with it. them. But yeah, I'd get okay. it. I'd get it identified.
0: Okay. Well, I haven't seen anything. It's just I feel like smell. I.
1: Oh, you kind of feel yeah. something
0: smells. It's musty. It smells musty. So I I didn't want to assume the worst if it's only just. A, Musty. I mean, I, I open it up and air it out before I go spend a lot of time. It, but I
1: don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think if you're not, you know, if you're not seeing something, it's probably not releasing spores. Mm-hmm. But if you if you see something, if you can find something, mm-hmm. or if you start noticing any like ill health effects, mm-hmm. then, then I would definitely
0: okay. try to get someone to it identify out. it for you. Yeah, yeah. What's your what's what's your next pod coming out?
1: I am really bad at scheduling. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I really want to do the Choose episode next. Mm-hmm. I've, so I've sent out feelers, and I've talked to people, and I've mm-hmm. handed out my cards and my stickers. And uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I'm hoping to get someone soon to talk to me about that. Um, that's the next one. Um, I have... I've been in contact with someone actually in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is she's got information about marine fungi uh-huh. and that I think is going to be very interesting oh. too.
0: Oh, that sounds amazing.
1: Yeah, it's not a, a place where you would think Mm-mm. to find them. No, I um,
0: I guess there's right, there's so much I don't know.
1: Yeah, I've, I've seen them on the beach before. Really? Um, Like in the sand. Huh? Kind of like where the grass is and mm-hmm. the sand the dunes and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've found mushrooms before. Okay. Um, but apparently there are some that live in marine environments, so oh. um, I'm anxious to talk to her about that, oh, that too.
0: That is cool.
1: Um, S- but, but I don't know. <laughs> I usually don't know mm-hmm. until the last minute okay. <laughs> what, what it's going to be. Awesome. I try to uh, I want, okay, this, <laughs> it's October, <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah. I want to do Halloween-themed fungi for October.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: That's what I'm planning on. Okay. So witch's so is butter is the name of a fungus, and jack-o'-lantern fungus oh, is really, really cool because it glows in the dark.
0: Yeah. Oh, perfect. And it's
1: big and it's orange. Oh, that's and exciting. it's appropriately named. So mm. yeah, I wanna do like I love Halloween, so I okay. wanna do creepy themes uh-huh. for Halloween as much as uh-huh. possible. Oh, but that fun. depends on my guests, okay. the availability of
0: uh-huh. my guests. <laughs> cool. I, did, I wanted to, I'm sorry, I wanted to go back and ask you what's it like to just uh, make an appointment and then, like, Skype a conversation or do a yeah, phone interview? if
1: I can do it in person, mm-hmm. I prefer to do, do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that's not possible, I've used, I mostly use Skype, mm-hmm. but I've used just a phone call, and I've used FaceTime, mm-hmm. and I've used Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I've used all those to record mm-hmm. interviews. And I kind of I try to work with what my guest is most familiar with, mm-hmm. because asking them to like download a new thing and learn yeah. how to use it, it like yeah, yeah. You know. And usually, I come up with a topic, and mm-hmm. then I look for scientific papers on the subject, and try to contact the people doing that research, uh-huh. and then kind of I generally co- try to contact around ten to twenty people, uh-huh. because you know not all of them are going to respond. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of see who gets back to me and what kind of the schedules are like. Or I've often had um, researchers email me and say, "Hey, I heard about your podcast. Hey, I want to talk about my research." Mm-hmm. And I say, "What? What do you do? Show uh-huh. me like what's your? Show me some links to some publications mm-hmm. and some lab because I want to make sure that they're, you know, they right. you know what they're talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah, I, sure, sure. you know, want to make sure they've got some credentials. They mm-hmm. don't have to be like." PhD, but right, you know, and and like with my uh, with Alyssa for the the fabric and lichen dying mm-hmm. episode, she professionally goes around and teaches workshops on this. Ah. So, um, so I, when I get approached, I like check and try to verify who they are and stuff like that. And if they've got something interesting to talk about, we'll just do the interview. S- s- that soon is as awesome. That yeah. is,
0: see, that means the, the words getting out there about your
1: yeah, I is, yeah. A couple of times I mentioned that I do a podcast and when I say the name of it they're like oh yeah I heard, I've heard about that <laughs> and it makes me so happy that is awesome. it makes me like mm-hmm. totally thrilled to know that people are talking about the cool. show makes they me are very talking happy about it.
0: <laughs> they're talking about Town, and your next episode is either going to be the cheese episode or the Jack
1: <Gawai-1> I want to do Halloween stuff for October mm-hmm. so I think cheese will be next month I haven't nailed down a guest for those topics yet, but um, I have feelers out and mailing lists and different mushroom clubs and stuff like that to wow, see who I can find.
0: So awesome! And Funky Town can be found on iTunes, mm-hmm. anywhere um, you get your podcasts,
1: Castbox, Stitcher, Overcast.
0: Over- oh wow! Um, see places I need to learn about. Then, uh, then you also have a Facebook page and uh, mm-hmm. Twitter. And Instagram. Instagram
1: and YouTube. And
0: YouTube. Oh yes, my I got inspired to start a limited perspective YouTube channel. Oh cool. Because of your YouTube channel. Awesome. So Limited Perspective is subscribed to Funky Town. Might be. Sorry. No, that's okay.
1: Ooh. You're telling me my parking meter has expired. Uh oh. imagine with the parade they're probably not concerned about
0: not as much. They're not gonna let me that. out of the parking deck till uh seven. In, in shape. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. <laughs> it was fun.
0: It was. It was great, and I, I it could have gone on for another hour because there's so much.
1: Uh, I can, yeah, I can talk.
0: Yeah, and I have questions. See, yeah, I didn't feel uh, equipped to. It's not. I'm not. This is not the type of thing I chat about. I can listen. Right. To stuff all day, but I don't, you know, I don't feel like I was equipped to have the conversation. You know?
1: It's kind of how I feel sometimes talking to these scientists because uh-huh. they're—they'll say, well, "Well, you know that species, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," uh-huh. and I'm looking it up in my huge uh-huh. Bible. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah,
0: you have to balance that. Which ones do you say yeah to, and which one do you right. make of explain? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> um, some of them are like teachers, so they say i is to